describe us as feminine than it is to describe us as critiquing, I guess. I am critiquing. You are critiquing. Thank you. Uh, today's episode was programmed by you. This lady programmed it. This, this lady. One. That lady over there, not you this lady what? talking now. That lady. Emily was like, look, I don't think he can do it. And I said, oh, fuck don't yeah, I can do it. it. I have always been supportive of your choices. I know you have. I, I prod I, you I to make dramatic. choices because you're usually like, I don't know. I'm like, well, just pick something because I picked the last nine episodes. And you're like, oh, we'll do this one, but I don't think that we should. And then I'm like, no, that's a wonderful choice. You know what? I have more confidence than that. No, okay. I don't. Well, I mean. <laughs> I don't. You, you so. know, you got to work gotta work on it. Just we need to be strong women who yeah. believe in ourselves. So I was all like, well, you know what it is? It's not that I don't have faith. It's just I don't feel like I'm creative enough to come up with things. Oh. Except when I do. It's pretty damn I good. nail it. You nail it. You really do. What did you so, nail this week, Christine? Among other things. Oh, that so, wow. I wonder what you're going to name this episode. Maybe you'll name it The Gifts. Oh. Because we're covering The Gift and The Gift. We're covering The Gift and The Gift. Now, the first gift is from... 2000. The year 2000. Speak up, dearie. You're, you're getting quiet. 2000! 2000! And the next gift is from... 2015! 2015! So, 15 years apart, if you're keeping track. That just... Yeah. I mean, we're, we're women, we're not good at math, but I think we're, we can safely say 15 years apart. Who knows, though? Yeah. Uh, before we get to that, we have movies to talk about, but before we get to that, I feel like you have something to talk about. Do I? I think. I've got stuff that book. people can read and buy and shit. Yeah, I wrote this book. Did you now? I wrote a book, you see. Um, yeah, I uh, I thought released it was a like book. a bunch of little books put together into one big book. I took I took some small books, I mashed them together, and yeah. I made a big book. So you're getting like 20 books for the price of one book. Or eight. Okay, you're getting eight books for the price of one book. Yep, there we go. It's pretty damn cool. Uh, How do people get these eight books? They can, I will post, I already posted it in our um, Facebook, mm-hmm. but I will um, post it again. You can go to the Amazons, and you can type in my name, which is Christine Makepeace. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know that, well, there you go, now you do. Bam, uh, what's the name of, uh, and also, what's the name of these eight books into one book? It's, it's called Never to Return Again. Never to Return Again. It's a it's a short story collection that I have written. Excellent. So we'll get on that, people. We will post the link again, just yeah. as a reminder, because I've been remiss in mentioning that these past few episodes. Well, it's still new. Yeah, well, you know, still I like to be on top of things. I know you do. Yeah. 
We, we're, we're very frisky tonight, aren't we, you and I? It must be, it must be these movies. We're just double entendring back and forth like double entendring people do. It's my gift to you. Oh, yeah. All right. So before we talk about gifts, uh, Christine, what That's other me. movies have you been watching? Boy, oh boy, have I not been watching a lot. Oh. Um, I talked about Unfriended, right? I think you liked it. I loved it. Okay. Well, maybe at the more distance I get away from it, oh, <laughs> I, clearly, nice. I clearly enjoy it more and more. But um, I didn't watch that much. That's okay. I'm watching a lot of the TVs. Anything good on the TVs? Really enjoying um, MTV Scream. Okay. Still haven't. Real, real given, I guess that I'm waiting for it to end and for people to tell me that they still liked it when it's over. There's, I think, one episode left. Okay. So as of um, next week, I may start it. Or maybe two. I don't know. It's close to the end. Mm-hmm. But I'm really enjoying it. I like it a lot. I like it more and more every um, episode. Okay. It's a lot of fun. I've been watching Hannibal. I'm almost completely caught up. The okay. final episode is this week. I'm still mid-season one, but I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I'm glad. It makes me so hungry, though. Yeah, like, it makes me want a really nice kitchen, and it makes me want to cook, and I don't know that it should be doing those things. No, I, I've heard that it does that. It makes me, um... Well, he's cooking a lot of meat, which... It makes it makes me feel different things. <laughs> that show does. Um, it's so good. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. Season three, season three's been just phenomenal, so... Excellent. I've heard many I, things about season three. Oh, boy. There's I, some I, folks I, out there that are not so happy with the season three. I have nothing but amazing things to say. I think because of your, you you have knowledge of Red Dragon oh, and, yeah, yeah. and stuff, that you're really going to appreciate it once they get there. Okay, nice. I'm excited. Um, so I, I'm excited for you to catch up. Oh, thank you. Um, I finished Wet Hot American Summer. I don't know if I had finished that last time. You had not finished it. No, I had a few episodes left. Finished it, and the, the next episode was that episode you were talking about, the, where they actually put on the musical. Oh, Electricity! That was my favorite yeah, yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I'm also watching Difficult People on Hulu. If you okay, have. I have seen the ads for it. It's really, really funny. Um, so a lot of television is happening. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm into it. Um, but I did watch that documentary by the people, or the guy, rather, I think. That did um, Room 237, the... Um, oh, the Nightmare. The, not the Nightmare. Was it the Nightmare? The Night Terror documentary? Yeah, yeah, the, the Nightmare? I think it's called The Nightmare. I think it's called The Nightmare. Okay, that's what I have written down, so I hope that's what it's called. Uh, what have do you, you think? I, I know I've heard wildly mixed things of people being like, it was so scary, and then people being like, meh. I was... There were parts of it that were scary. There were parts of it that I found really affecting because I have... My own experiences with stuff like that. Um, But overall, I would say it was really underwhelming and boring. Mm, Okay. There were a few, like, really high points, but for the most part, not so much. Okay. I I guess all of it. When it's on instant, like, everybody's talking about it, maybe then I'll finally get to it. It's it's pretty. I mean, much like um, Room 237, which I also kind of found a little underwhelming. Okay. Which I still haven't watched. Yeah. Um, I know it's not a real big recommend, but, I mean, they're worth looking at. They're, they're, they take, I can't remember his name, something Asher, maybe? I can't. I yeah, I don't know his, uh, his name. He, there's definitely an interesting approach to the documentary filmmaking okay. that I really appreciate. It's very cinematic. It's got a very, it attempts to have a very strong narrative, which I really, really like. 
but when it fails for me it really leaves me like looking around and checking my phone okay i understand um i went to the theater and i saw sinister 2 now i have heard nothing good about it i liked it you liked it okay yes i like the first sinister it's I like not- the first one, but the first one really pissed me off for two reasons. Oh, it had the token, guy's kind of a dick and his wife is unsupportive and I don't like anybody. And then the other thing was that, like, something I loved about Insidious was that they purposely addressed it from a horror fan's point of view. So when shit was happening, what did they do? They turned on the fucking light. And in Sinister, the entire movie, he, like, won't turn on a light switch and it's just a stupid decision. And it clearly yeah. made me really angry. But what did you think of Sinister 2? Um, I was okay with it. I liked it. It's not, like, up there and, um, in the pantheon of, of those kinds of movies. Okay. I definitely, I enjoyed the first Sinister. The first Sinister, I thought, did some effective things. Um, it presented ideas interestingly. I had, there were a couple of really effective jump scares for me. This one, again, I like creepy kids. Yeah. It's, They're a good time. I like the the main the, the main male protagonist. The, I enjoy from the Wire season two. Yeah, that's why I hear. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know that reference. But that's what I hear. He had a pet duck. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. The kids are cool. I like the kids. Um, the dynamics between the kids is neat. The story that it tells is neat. The end goes on for too long. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever feel compelled to rewatch it. Okay. But I saw it. All right, I'll check it out when it comes becomes available. Um, and then I guess my last one is going to be my recommend. Ooh, okay. Or, no, because it's a cheat. I'm not going to. The last one is, is, is on Amazon. I didn't watch it on Netflix. Okay. It's called, it's called Robot Overlords. I'm intrigued by the title. I don't know anything it's, about it. It's starring Gillian Anderson and uh, Ben Kingsley. Okay. It, I know. This is getting pretty cool sounding. It's kind of like a YA like robot science fiction story. Okay. It's kind of like like European Maze Runner, but with robots. Like it's got that feel to it. It's All really of these things sound good. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. Why, I really no, did it go straight to video? Um, I think it got released over over the pond. I feel like pond. yeah, how did how would such a title go unnoticed by the world? It, I didn't know what it was. And we thought it was gonna be a goof. Mm. Um, but it was a good time. And, it, and it's been uh, Gillian Anderson fest in my house lately, so we were like, yeah. Gillian. I say Gillian. I just, I just don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe her, I'm her say it herself. But Maybe I always have a question every time somebody's named is Gillian is that with a G. I just, it's very confusing. Well, I will say it the way that I just said it. That's okay. But then I'll never say it again because I'm done talking. That about seems it. reasonable. But it's good. You should watch it. I just might. And unless I have forgotten something, that is all I have watched. All right. Uh, I don't have a lot, but I have. I feel like I have a really good mix of movies. Oh, really? Um, because, and she's modest, everyone. Well, you know, guys. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Now, I can watch a horror movie every day, twice a day. Like, I am never not in a mood to watch a horror film. I yeah. might be in a mood for, like, a silly one or a scary one or a lights out one versus a so that it's good one. But, like, any day of the week I can watch a horror movie. Uh, my husband 
Ben's not quite the same. Like, he likes horror movies, but he has to be in a mood. And yeah. so once we watched one, like, every day this week, he was like, I'm kind of still in a horror mood. I'm like, okay, what do I watch? So <laughs> yeah. I, that was exciting for me. Um, so what did you watch? Well, it started with a little movie you might have heard about. Uh, came out in the theaters and just hit DVD. Some people were talking about it. It Follows. Oh, did you like it? I did. I really liked it. Uh, I didn't love, love, love it. I really, really liked it, I guess. Um, Was probably a little bit overhyped for me. Like, if I had picked it up on Netflix without knowing anything about it, you know. Yeah, you would have had it. I would have probably been like, wow, guys, everybody has to see this movie. Yeah. But I think part of it is I watch a lot of new horror movies that don't come to theaters on Netflix and on Amazon. Like, I, you know, it's. I really like new horror films, and I am so tired of people being like, oh, it follows. It's so good because, you know, horror shit today. And it's No, it's not. not. You're just not no. looking hard enough. Um, so I think part of it, I'm like, it, it was re- it's really good. But I've seen a lot of really good movies that nobody's heard about the last few years, and it's just that they just don't get attention. But I'm really happy this one got attention because it... Um, it does a lot of really interesting things. I mean, it gives yeah. you a different story, uh, which I like. It sets rules for it. I know this was a big news today because Quentin Tarantino apparently went on this like tirade about like he liked it follows, but here's what he here's how it could have been better, and it doesn't follow its own rules. I thought it actually set rules and followed them, and that's something mm-hmm. I really liked about it. Um, liked the performances, liked the look of it. The music is fantastic. It is. It's a really good movie. It's. One that I found watching it, like, was creepy. I wasn't really, like, jumping and scared. But I did find, like, the more I thought about it over the last week or so, I found it's grown on me in terms of being a little more disturbing. Like, when you think back... Have you seen it? Yes. You have. When you think back to, like... Because once you see it and then kind of put things together and kind of think of all the things that she saw and, like, somebody made a really good point on Facebook... When you realize either the forms it's taking or the forms that she's seeing, there's something so cruel about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, things like that, the whole mix of time periods I thought was cool. I didn't love that I was really distracted trying to figure out who these people were to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they're all youngins. Like, they're all, you know, it's kind of clear that she's a young college student but then she has presumably a younger sister and her younger sister's friends. But then, like, she's in school, but then they're not. But then she talks to the other friend as if they were peers. Like, so there were little things that distracted me that I think maybe were there very subtly. As in, like, the director didn't want to give all this exposition of, this is my little sister is always getting into trouble or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's almost something that I wonder if it would fare better on my next watch of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you liked it? I liked it, yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I heartily recommend everybody goes and checks it out if you haven't already. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I don't know. I guess I, di- I didn't think I... Much like the guest that everyone was super, super hyping. And yep. I was like, eh, I probably won't like it. I kind of went into this with the same thing. Like, eh, it'll probably fall flat for me. Mm-hmm. And when it didn't, I was really happy. Really happy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that kind of leads me to the next one, which I thought the same thing would happen to me. Um, the Babadook. Oh, you hadn't really seen it Really fun to yet. say. I had not seen it. 
Because this is one, like, when I talk about being in the mood for a specific movie, it's been on instant for a few months, but it's the kind of movie I knew I didn't want to watch in the morning and then catch up on. Like, I'm like, no, if I'm going to watch this, we're going to turn the lights out and start watching. And because this is one of those movies that had that initial everybody saying it's the greatest thing in horror, but then very quickly horror fans all started being like, well, you know, it's not as good as this, or, you know, it's a little overhyped, and blah, blah, blah. So when I went into it thinking, like, I'm going to, you know, maybe feel um, similar to, and I'm saying similar to It Follows, but I really liked It Follows. I just figured this would be a similar, like, okay, it's going to be good, but it's not going to blow my world. But I really liked this one. I I thought this was, um, this one got me. I found it really uncomfortable in a good way. Yeah. Where I was made so everything just I didn't want to watch because I could understand the horror of this child. I could understand mm-hmm. now the horror this child is seeing. Um, I didn't want these terrible things to be happening. Uh, and then realizing kind of as it kind of wound down uh, how much depth and kind of sadness there was to it. Yeah. Um, I think just made it one that really stayed with me. Where did you stand on this one? I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, I thought it was most effective when it wasn't showing me everything. Oh, I would agree. I think once, they could have yeah. given once, less Duck. Once we got the reveal, I would say there was points in it where it was the scaredest I've ever been in my life. I could, I could, I could agree like, with that. I was horrified on multiple levels. Yeah. Both on like a you know, questionable narrator type right, of thing. Right, like, right. is she crazy? Am I crazy? Yeah. Who's, like, with that whole thing. But also, like, just the visuals were really unsettling and stuff. Oh, yeah. The, like, the part when she goes to the police office. Yeah. And, like, looks behind, like, and just sees, like, the coat and the shoes. That really got me. Like, yeah. that kind of suggestion that yeah the finale at one point during the big finale i'm like this is going on a little too long this is starting to not work for me but then it kind of came back yeah i i really but i i mean there were i liked the the ending like the the final resolution not resolution actually lack thereof i guess yeah I, i i i liked a lot of it but when when we were really shown the babadook yeah it it just lost it it took a little bit away it wasn't quite the that horror aspect of it wasn't quite as effective as it could have been yes. at the level of the rest of the film. And I don't know if it for me was like the whole like Jaws is scary because you don't see the shark. I don't I don't know if it was it was that simple. I, maybe it just No, I think I had, it was the execution. I think yeah. I mean at least for okay. me. I think that I there kind were, of agree. Yeah, but. when there was like a glimpse of it, uh it had me and then when it the cat like there was one shot where I and it probably got a lot of people because it's a pretty like it fe- I think it was all puppetry but it almost looks CGI where it's mm-hmm. like the thing and this isn't giving anything away there was like a thing on the ceiling and the camera just holds on it for like ten seconds and it just feels like such a long shot and I'm not and I just like watching it thinking I'm like I don't need I don't know what perspective I'm seeing this at yeah and it just feels like I'm not seeing what she's seeing. So this is a little... I just feel like they're showing off an effect that they thought was cool. Um, and I think that that was it. Was I think it just some of the horror aspects weren't quite as tight 
especially when you had such a good. I mean, Essie Davis was fantastic. The kid oh, was boy. fantastic. The kid was amazing. The kid was so good. And then realizing too, like when you read about it and think of all of the scenes with her and the kid, a she's she is acting these really really rough scenes with like a five year old kid or probably kids are probably like eight year old actor, which has to be a really really challenging thing for an actor when you're because yeah. you're in control there. You have to be kind of gearing and steering this child. But the other part of that is. Uh, there's a lot of like the really violent and the really awful stuff where, and you would never know it watching it. And this was me reading an interview afterwards, realizing like, no, she wasn't doing it with the child. Like there was a stand in for some of those scenes or, you know, there was just, she wasn't saying some of that stuff and doing some of that stuff to a child actor. And that almost makes the performance even more impressive on that level too, Mm -hmm. to see like how much this woman was able to give. Um, And fun fact her and the director, Jennifer Kent, uh, Australian, I believe, went to acting school with Kate Blanchett. Oh, wow. will show up later in our show. Yeah, that's so cool. Clearly, the, uh, that was a, a good year for um, graduates of Australian Acting Academy Land, or whatever it's called. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah. Um, okay, so husband's still in horror mode. So the next thing we watch is the we we did it. It wasn't double feature, not on the same day, but a few days apart. The town that dreaded sundown and the town that dreaded sundown. Had you seen the I had seen uh, both. new one? Yeah, yeah, I had seen both. Yeah. Um, Brandon had I never seen either, that. and so it was like, and it was his choice. I think he he kind of felt he's like, you know, I've never seen this movie, and I know it's pretty important. Let's watch it. And I even, like, prefaced it. I'm like, it's just so you know, like, this is not a great movie. It, But but it is, it has its merits for a lot of yeah. different reasons. And it was really fun watching it with him. Because uh, at one point he looks at me, he's like, it's like the people that made this never watched a movie before. Oh, no. But then, <laughs> but then as soon as it ended, I'm like, but, but, but did you think that it was scary? He's like, no. He's like, some of that stuff was really good. And I and I think to me the horror movie inside the original town that dirt sundown is really good. I think it is so unnerving. Um, many a film is indebted to it as far as how it portrays this killer with the yeah. silent and the bag face and everything else. Uh, all of those scenes are executed so well, and even like the chase scene when he's chasing down um, Marianne from Gilligan's Island, like mm-hmm. it's really well directed. It's tense. I really like the weird documentary aspect and how it's just an unnerving film. But then, and it's very Last House on the Lefty, you throw in all this, like, just bad comic relief and the goofy yeah. cops, and it just makes for a really, really strange film. Uh, so then we watched the meta ache. It's not a remake, it's not a sequel, it's a meta take on the film, whatever you Boy, want to call it. Boy, but I love it. I did too, and I've, I just watched it a couple months ago, and I think we talked about it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I just think it is, it was such a fresh way to approach the material. Yeah. It has such a good cast. Watching it this time, knowing uh, the ending, it does not cheat at all. I think everything, uh, the ending is completely, you could it's there. You could see yeah. it. It doesn't pull punches. I'd be interested to watch it again. Yeah, no, it, it does hold up. Um, Brandon wasn't crazy about the ending, and I think that kind of hurt it for him. Um, but 
And the other thing that I think that movie does so well, aside from looking good and kind of embodying the sort of 70s aesthetic, I love how every one of those, every character that dies in that film, you care just enough about. Yeah, I agree with you. set up every death scene, I mean, to say it sounds cruel when I say it, but like every big kind of murder set piece, right before it, they give you just enough. And it's like two minutes of character work of just these two characters having a conversation or this girl greeting her boyfriend and having great sex. Like yeah. They give you just a little bit where these are real people who are about to die. Yeah. And it just, it, there's a heart to it that I think is really important. Um, and then we, another horror film we watched, uh, which I know you've watched, The Woman in Black Duh. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, no, I didn't love it. There's some really good stuff in it, though. There really some really is. creepy stuff. And just the whole idea of, okay, well, The Woman in Black was, was a modest hit, and I, th- I really liked The Woman in Black. I thought it was a, mm-hmm. a very, very good theatrical PG-13 ghost story of a film. Yeah, was really I watched that one alone. It scared the crap out we, of me. We saw that one in a theater, and it was like a lot of teenage girls in there screaming, and it was awesome. Uh, so part two, what they do that is so smart is they keep the period element. It's a different time period, but great. Like, yes, it's set during World War II, set during the Blitz. That in itself makes it so much more interesting so than cool. so many other things on Instant. Uh, I like the lead actress a lot. Um, yeah, I would say I liked it. I think it had it wasn't it had some issues. I think the ending was a little long and sprawling where it didn't need to be. Yeah, uh, I didn't understand the geography very well since they're on this island, but they're kind of going back and forth. I thought that that should have been kind of explained yeah. a little better if that ended up being such a big part. Um, but much much better than you would generally expect a straight-to-Netflix sequel to a movie like that. So it is a recommend for me. Uh, On your, I don't know, your, like, apathetic recommend, I watched Morgana. Do you even remember this movie? I do. This is the Spanish movie. Yeah, I thought there was some weird shit in that. Uh, Yeah, I wasn't crazy about it. Yeah. It was a little boring. I really didn't care about the lead. Morgana is just boring, and she hasn't, like, she's not sympathetic. She's just no, there. No, she's not. Isn't it good for a few chuckles, though? A little bit, yeah. I loved her slutty friend. I loved her! She was awesome. She should have been the movie. Her slutty friend who, like, shows up to be like, you should get a, an abortion. I'm gonna sleep with your boyfriend. You're crazy. I'm awesome. I yeah, loved her. Yeah, she was fucking wild. Yeah, I mean, it visually, it was pretty good looking, and it, yeah. you know, like, that, that director can probably do something cool with the right material, but it just wasn't quite the right material. Uh, the, you want to know what the right material was? I'll what? tell you what the right material was. So, you give me a movie about a uh, race car drivers who get into a feud, and then... Um, uh, one of them tries to sabotage the other guy's car, but then okay. the bad guy ends up flipping over and blowing up. But then okay. 17 years later, now the guy that lived is played by um, Step Up Two Girls' dad, Greg Evigon, My Two Dads. Uh, and Wait a second, that's a thing? My Two Dads? Yeah. You never watched My Two Dads? Well, yeah, but wait. The dude in My oh, Two yeah, Dads One of the is... dudes in that is Brianna Evigon's, Evigon's father. Yeah. Greg Evigon. Thank you for that. Yeah, I know. Isn't that fun? 
fun That's fact really today. So 17 years later, he comes back to town, and it turns out that the race car has been restored, and it's a killer race car, and it's possessed. This isn't a real movie. This I'm is sorry. a fucking awesome movie. It's called Phantom Racer. Not on Instant. This was a long wait on Netflix. I don't remember whoever told me about this movie. Thank you. I love you. I don't remember how I found out about it, um, but it came from Netflix, which probably means I put it on my queue, and then it was a long wait, so I put it at the top of my queue, and then yeah. one day it arrived. I don't remember putting this on my queue, but I'm so happy I did. Uh, also, Nicole Eggert from Charles in Charge is also in cool. it. This is like, it's 2009. I think it might have been a sci-fi movie, but again, it's pre-Sharknado sci-fi. Like, it's when... Yeah. Sci-fi was churning out movies like Snake Island and this, where they're not good. They're getting, like, old 80s actors to kind of come in and do a couple days' work. But they're usually fun, and they're not so aware of being dumb. Yeah. And this one, like, that's kind of its issue, is that it, some, like, this one, like, the girl has, like, two dads. That's a whole thing. They keep making my two dads jokes. Um, But, like, her father and her stepfather have been killed, and, like, she just keeps making jokes about it. But that being said, this movie's awesome. A a kid gets seatbelted to death. Cool. Like, he sits in the car, and the seatbelt buckles on him and crushes him. A dude gets windshield wiped to death. Like, the car hits him, and he's stuck on the windshield, and the windshield wiper starts going, and and it wipes off the dude's ear and then his face. If this was on instant, it would obviously be my instant recommend. But uh, clearly, so you just have to, folks. You have to go out and, and find a way to find it. Uh, okay, two more. Um, Mario Bava's Blood and Black Lace. I saw somewhere that you were watching yeah. this. Uh, my, I had one of my embarrassing blind spots. I have not seen nearly enough Bava. Yeah, uh, I've seen some of the big ones, but not all of them. And this one again was a long wait, which is how I bumped it up to my queue really enjoyed it it's very much one of the forerunners of the giallo which i'm not usually a big giallo fan um but because this one isn't necessarily um it's the word i'm looking for a slave to those tropes um Mm -hmm. it does it doesn't follow that it just kind of you know the killer has black gloves but i'm not constantly like who's the killer who's the killer it can't be them it can't be them like no, like, it might be these people, but I'm kind of just enjoying the ride. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. It's sleazy. It's fun. But it's, it's like, moderately sleazy because it's still early. Um, so there's a lot of, like, talk about sex, but there's not – I don't think there was any nudity even. Um, but it's, it's a fun one. I recommend it. And then the cool. last thing I watched, um, so I, which, a movie that I've seen twice, but both times – I have not seen the entire thing, and both times were with small children, which makes it really hard to actually understand the Lego movie from beginning to end <laughs> if you're watching it with a child who's, like, singing throughout yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Um, so we watched it. Brandon hadn't seen it. Uh, this is so good. I love it. Um, it's just so fun and different, and, like, it has such a great energy to it. Um, watching it, like, beginning to end this time, let me really appreciate, like how good the voiceover work is. It's really good. Um, like, Alison Brie is really good. So cute and funny. Yeah. Um, and Will Arnett is amazing. He, he, he is my he makes Batman. It. Like, he really, he's the, he's the best thing about that movie. Yeah, he's um, great. What's funny is we just, uh, before we recorded, we watched an episode of 30 Rock where he's on it. And just as soon as he comes on now, like, it used to be I could only see Joe Bluth, but now he comes on and in my head I'm just singing... Orphan. Oh, so, so parents. Funny. It's so good. It really is. Yeah, I like that movie a lot. Really, really fun. 
Okay, so that's everything I've been watching. Yeah. Uh, other than watching the Mets in first place, what, what? Is that a thing? It's a baseball thing, yeah. Uh-huh. It's a New York baseball team. No. We're, we're currently in first place and, you know, yeah. might actually make it to the postseason. Although the last time I said that, um, said that a couple of times the last Good few years. Good job. Not happening. So I'm just going to say nothing and say right now it's really nice to watch the New York Mets play baseball. That's all. Now, shall we take a uh-huh. quick break? Yes. And come back. Yeah. And talk about the gift. I think we should talk about the gift. Now... You know, I don't know if you know this, but there are a lot of similarities between the gift and the gift. Oh my god. Totally. Like, yeah. There are, even though there's no reason for them to be. Yeah. But yeah. And, and you know what's really challenging is I think... Well, I think when we get to the latter gift, I think we're going to have to give a spoiler warning, because there is oh, no way sure. to talk about that movie without spoiling it. For um, sure. And even the, the earlier gift... I think at a certain point we're probably going to go into more detail because that's one of the similarities, I think, kind of. And let me say, for those who don't know, Christina's also the one responsible for a couple years ago, years ago or like a year or two ago. I don't know what year it is. uh, We did a double feature of Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea. That was Christine. Um, I'm going to say I'm a little disappointed thinking about it. I don't think think that there is an original song for either of the gifts. So therefore, I am going to probably end the show with Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea. I yeah. think you should. I will. Okay. Never uh, forget. But we'll take a quick break and come back and talk about the first gift. The, the gift, right? The, the gift, yeah. 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 Oh, you know what would be great, too? What if when we talk about the gifts, we per- like you only talk about the Kate Blanchett one? while we're supposed to be talking about that one, but I'm only talking about it as if I'm talking about the other film, and then yeah. we swap in the next one. Yeah, let's Wouldn't do that it. Cool? It won't be, it won't be confusing totally at all. Cool. It'd be the best podcast ever. We're not going to do that. We'll be right back. It's called The Gift. Cool. So it's 15 years old. Okay, so The Old Gift. So it's The Old Gift, yeah. It's like, I mean, it's not legal yet, if you know what I mean, but it's it's old. Now, I remember when this movie came out, because I would have been graduating high school, I guess. Whatever you were, I was too. Which is weird. Like, I remember this movie coming out, but I feel like I don't remember much about it. This is right. Blanchett kind of started a name broadside or American side, whatever we call it. Um, this, uh, I think, what was it a year? That? I don't remember what year stuff is. But so you've got this ridiculously good cast. Yeah, really good. So we've got Kate Blanchett, Academy Award winner. Uh, Hillary Swank, Academy Award reader, reader winner. Um, Kim Dickens and Gary Cole, both of whom have Academy Awards in my heart. Uh, we also have Greg Kinnear, Katie Holmes, uh, Keanu Reeves in what in a yet another token miscast 
part, I think. He is he has never been more handsome to me. You are one of those girls, huh? What what kind? You're one of those girls who you are like how in this movie he's such an asshole and he's a he's a wife beater and all this other stuff but he's a good looking guy and he's like really like masculine and everything else and so like all the women in this movie want to have sex with him you're one of those girls i think that he is attractive i I think i just never noticed before it's the because he never had a trucker hat and a beard that's why that must be and he was never beating a woman that's why shit you're right i know i know i am uh we also get giovanni ribisi uh-huh uh-huh now, oh, and J.K. Simmons, which is so pretty good. Old. And he's so good in this. He has like so two scenes, but he's so good in them. Two um, thousands. This is right. This is like before oh yeah, two thousand when I graduated high school. Yeah, me too. Woo, class okay, of two thousand. Yeah. Why was that so hard for me? We were class of the millennium. I know we're so cool, right? I remember we had um for homecoming. They like that was our tagline, like class of the millennium, and uh, whoever was like in charge of painting it spelled millennium wrong. Like, yeah, no, that's not good. Uh, so, a script by Billy Bob Thornton. And yeah, I noticed Everson, that. Uh, and directed by our old pal, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi, maybe the most directingest director on the show. I Probably don't not. know, because what's his name? Rennie Harlan still has to beat him. That's, that's fucking true. Rennie Harlan's done. <laughs> My goal in life, Christine, I will not die until we've covered every Rennie Harlan film there is. Better get going, lady. Yeah, well wait for it now tell me and the people at home or on their commute or wherever you are in your dungeon it's fine in space uh what is the gift about the gift is about a lady named Kate blanchett <laughs> yep that's her name <laughs> who Spells has with a c who has a gift and she, what it is is she reads these cards but they're like the esp cards which i guess is okay i actually read up on it afterwards apparently that's all right um so she reads these cards and she can, like, see the future or maybe, like, stuff that's already happened. Who can say? Who can say? And she really likes Greg Kinnear, I guess. And Greg Kinnear's with Katie Holmes, I think, because Katie Holmes seems to be with everybody. Well, they're engaged, fine. but yeah, Katie Holmes is a slut in this movie. For a second, I thought Katie Holmes um, was a lady of the night because she was so friendly with all the men right in front of him. Well, like, so it I doesn't even, like, kiss her dad in a way that's kind of like... It was confusing. It set a really confusing tone. Yep. But so then they them two are all together and stuff. And then, oh, no, Katie Holmes, I guess not spoiler, is dead. And we think it's Keanu Reeves who also beats Hillary Swank. Mm-hmm. Um, all while this is all this is happening while Giovanni Ravisi has a, a breakdown. <laughs> that that is the best description I think one could give. Um, but there's a lot of characters, a lot of things that intersect and then a lot of things that kind of intersect yeah there's a lot going on there's a lot of i won't say red herrings but there are there's a lot here that's kind of i feel like it's laid out almost for atmosphere yeah but i think to me it's a little bit detrimental because i think there's stuff that ends up making this film it's a kind of i can't remember the last film i said this about this movie should have either been a half hour longer or a half hour shorter. Oh boy, do I agree with you. Yeah, because it doesn't go deep. Like, there's one mystery, really, and it's not sharp enough and tight enough on that mystery because there's yes. just some stuff that you don't need there. And, like, the, we get to a courtroom case. The courtroom case is, like, 
20 minutes of testimony in a court that I could watch on any Law & Order episode, basically. Um, And, I mean, that's the thing, too, about the tone of this movie. It opens, and I'm like, yeah, I'm in this. Because it's set, I guess, in Louisiana. I didn't look that up. Oh, I didn't Do you know it was Florida, Louisiana? Like, it is set in um, the bayou. Like, everybody's got so, like a yeah, bayou Yeah, everybody's got a really... Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, there are willow trees and there are swamps and the music is very Cajun, which is awesome at first, but then it seems to not be that anymore. Like, I feel like from right from the start, I'm like, okay, I'm in this. Like they're showing me swamps. I'm hearing the violin, the fiddle. Okay. I got it. And then I forgot what the tone was for so long, if that makes sense. No, no, I got you. And then you get to like this one kind of dream sequence that's all of a sudden this crazy, the mad fiddler comes in, right? Oh boy, yes. And it's bizarre and weird and creepy and you're like, oh, okay, is this the kind of movie we're going for now? And it wasn't. And it wasn't. And then it's back to courtroom, police, Giovanni Ribisi. You're making so many good points. You're articulating things that I... I absolutely had issue with, but didn't really know how to articulate. Mm, okay. Yeah, I didn't... I liked this movie. Sure. But I had so many problems with it. And I, I just, had a lot of problems And this could have been really good. And I think of, like, I'm looking at the IMDb now, and the very first thing on the, like, people who like this also liked is A Simple Plan. A Simple yeah. Plan to me is a perfect film. Um, it is the movie that gave me like renewed my faith in Sam Raimi because the simple mm-hmm. plan is just perfect. It is so good. The acting is great. It is such a tense, tight story. I don't feel like there's any wasted anything in that film. And that film has a fair amount of characters that are important to the story. And in this one, there's just fat on it. Yeah. And but it's like, like you kind of said that, not not all of that fat, to use your term, is bad. It's just, it becomes needless it adds because they up. never do anything with yeah. it. Yeah. Like, you need to establish, like, Hillary Swank shows up and, you know, she goes to see psychic Kate Blanchett and says, like, you know, my husband beats me, blah, blah. And you need to establish that. But that yes. comes up, like, eight times in the first 45 minutes. Yeah. And so, so you, every, could have, you could have tightened that up. Yeah, you could have had her come once. And then, you know, Keanu Reeves shows up and says, why are you talking to my wife? That's all you needed. You didn't need to keep going back to that well. Yeah. Especially when you had really recognizable actors in your movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hilary Swank is, wasn't necessarily a household name, but she had just won an Oscar. Like, yeah. And, I mean, granted, she didn't have that mullet when she won the Oscar. <laughs> but still, I mean, that whole, that hair. Her hair uh, is something. It was. Uh, you get... And then as a result, too, like, I'm saying, you know, I wish this movie was tighter, but I also would have taken more Kim Dickens, because I can always take more Kim Dickens. Oh, boy, yeah, you're right. And she's fun in it, because she's always fun. Like She She really was. She was probably... I mean, I really responded a lot more to, like, her character and J.K. Simmons' character, um, a lot more than the people who were really in in the Mm. forefront. Like. I like. I want more of that. Give me, give me the thing that just entertained me. Give me that again. The things that kind of create, in a way, something different, and the atmosphere. Yeah. Because you're not doing it with the music, really. You started to, but then you're not. Yeah. Visually, like 
it, it's not an interesting visual film. It, no. And then when sometimes it it is, like occasionally it yeah. dips there. And Zach kept saying, like, I think in the script it just said, she looks up, some Sam Raimi shit happens. <laughs> because it's like when the dream sequence where you yeah. see, you know, Crazy Katie Matt Holmes. Fiddler. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of creepy, but then it's like, it's really Sam Raimi, but it almost feels out of place because nothing else is happening. Yeah, the tone like of this movie is so unresolved, I think. Yeah. And, yeah, like you, I mean, I, I don't know, I guess they filmed, I can look at where they filmed. I'm sure they filmed down south somewhere, maybe Georgia or something. And you have this great character in the bayou, in your setting. And mm-hmm. it's, which they didn't realized. use at all. Yeah, it's it's really not there. Like you get any, like you said, occasional shot of a magnolia tree. It was Georgia. Georgia. Okay, that makes sense. Like exclusively Georgia. Yeah. Okay. Like Georgia's a, a really visual place. Like the willow trees, the magnolia trees. Just the it's a different. It's a very very, um, uh, just recognizable, interesting landscape to work with. And he's setting it in the backwoods. Like, this is a small town. Um, This is the poor psychic lady. Uh, You know, right behind her are persimmon trees and all that stuff. And, but there's such little atmosphere to the movie. Yeah. Like, you get... Like, I didn't get creeped out once. No, like, the one dream sequence, I'm like, okay, I'm digging it. Like, Crazy Man Fiddler, very very out of character with the rest of the film because it's this manic nightmare like 13 ghosts like shakiness and it's jarring but it goes away completely until you get kind of an ending where you're like okay some violence in the ending but it you know after that scene of the crazy fiddler we get a 20 minute court case yeah, and the court stuff isn't interesting. Nothing interesting happens. It's not. It's like, actually it. giving us information we are. Yeah, we already know. Yeah, we know. Okay, she's a psychic. It's going to be a hard court case because, you know, it's kind of weird that she dreamt this stuff, but she's got beef with him because he threatened her kids and threatened her. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we know this. We know J.K. Simmons doesn't really believe she's a psychic, but he, you know, saw what he saw and is going to testify about it. So what? <laughs> it's not, yeah. You know, we already know that Keanu Reeves is a dick. Um, yeah. we see when, and it, it's, you know, I mean, he punches her in front of police officers. Yep. Uh, it's, it's. Which just, is crazy. That, that seems kind of. It is like, cause I bought the character. I bought Keanu Reeves' character. I yeah, got it. Did. He is a, you know, he's kind of a, a working blue collar Southerner guy, very masculine, beats women, Yep, this that's him. I get yeah. it, but a very attractive guy. Women are attracted to him for his confidence or whatever. Um, a very violent guy, a guy you do not want to piss off. I get that. I know people like that, but they don't. They're not. They're not Reeves. <laughs> he was miscast, but he's always yeah. miscast unless he's playing Bill as Preston Esquire. Um, or wait, I'm sorry, no, unless he's playing Ted Theodore Logan, uh, or he's in Parenthood. He's usually miscast. I like him. I like Canners a lot, but you know, range is very specific on him. Yeah, 
Yeah, he certainly he had a couple good scenes in this. I thought. Okay. Um, also, I just thought he looked handsome. His eyes looked extra dark <laughs> when they were beating Hillary Swank. I mean, I just thought he looked handsome. I gotcha. Now, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, she was in this movie. She was. I to me, if she wasn't this. I say this. Now, granted, it would have been really interesting to see Kim Dickens in that part, just because, again, yes. I think Kim Dickens is a really interesting actress, and as much as I don't think that new Walking Dead show is any good, I'm excited that she gets to be the lead she's on a show. She's so funny! She's amazing. She's, Her timing is amazing. She's always the best thing in everything she's in. Boy. Uh, I, I love when she says to Kate Blanchett, she's like, after church, she's like, okay, I want you to go home and get some rest. You look terrible. But it's the way she says it that's so great. Uh, yes, and I feel like that might have been ad-libbed. Like, her delivery is amazing. Yeah, she's great. But I love Kate Blanchett. I kind of feel like she always gives that, um, the, the like, Wayne's World 2 moment of, like, showing what a bad actor would do versus what somebody, like, Kate Blanchett would do. Uh-huh. So to me, I mean, I think she's great in this. I, I care about her. I like her. I have problems with the movie not because of her or her performance. Maybe because of her character, because it just it's a lot of the same thing. I know who you are immediately. You're a good woman, you don't charge for stuff, you have you have all this sadness in your life, your husband's dead, um uh, and you saw something you should shouldn't have. But like they don't make her the script doesn't let her be interesting enough. Yeah. Um but I don't blame Kate Blanchett for that. I think she mm-hmm. does the best with what she's given. In my opinion. No, I agree. I can agree with that. Okay. Uh, yeah, and it, you know, yeah, like a voodoo doll, kind of like we got with Beyond the Darkness, but nothing mm-hmm. happens with it. Yeah, I, I almost forgot it was even in here until you just said something. Yeah. And there's, like, I don't know, like, the Keanu Reeves storms into her house while she's psychicking people. Oh, that, the, this part, yeah, when she comes in in the paint can. Yeah, and I... That was actually really good. I mean, it was scary because it was kind of just, I don't, I don't know this guy yet. I don't know what he's capable of doing. Um, but it was also I'm like, okay, so the paint can spills. It's red paint on the floor. I'm like, is that, is that the idea of what atmosphere is in this movie, though? Oh, I don't know. There was just something about the, the violence that really yeah, made that's, me Yeah, that was far scarier than who killed Katie Holmes to me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was, I just, I thought that was one of maybe the two or three really effective scenes in this yeah. was that paint can like and then Kate Blanchett slips in the paint oh yeah it's yeah. just it's just really like it's raw. uncomfortable yeah. I know like that's such a weird thing to say but it's just a really raw thing and it made me uncomfortable well, you know what's funny like I'm thinking about this now and talking about like the atmosphere that it doesn't seem to generate yeah compare this to something like a movie that is not a thriller but it feels like one because of how it's built Winter's Bone. Yeah. Winter's Bone, which is not set in the same part of the country. It's set in Missouri, but it's set in the backwoods uh, in a kind of, you know, uh, in the Ozarks, blah, blah. And it has a, it's, it is not, nobody's going to die in it. Nobody, you're not trying, you're there. I mean, you're solving a mystery in that film. Yeah. But it's, you know, it, it is more, more considered a drama than a thriller. But the way that film, um, it builds so much atmosphere in its music, in its landscape, uh-huh. in the way, you know, in the way the actors look in that movie. Everybody looks and speaks and feels genuine of this community. And it makes for, 
you know, you watch Winter's Bone, you are, I don't know anybody that didn't walk away from that being like, yeah, that was A, really good, but also a really hard watch. Yeah. Because it sucks you in, you're uncomfortable, you do not know what's going to happen, and you're just, you feel like you're kind of left alone in this wilderness. And in this movie, which is, by all accounts, if you had to classify it, it's a thriller, right? Yeah, um, I'd say so. It just, it, it doesn't get any of that. And, and it's, like, there's so many weird reasons for it. It's a, you know, the music isn't interesting. The music the, isn't interesting. The visuals yeah. aren't used well. And the screenplay just does does too much. Or talks too much. It's, like the, And even, like, the mystery, quote-unquote. Um, and this is where, I don't know if we want to start spoiling yet. Yeah, we can. Okay, guys, we're spoiling. Blah! Spoilers, the gift. It's on Instant Watch. Go watch it if you before if you want to be spoiled so they set up these red herrings right like you know right away keanu reeves didn't do it just because it's too obvious for him to have done it obviously um so you think okay well gary cole now again fun uh another movie i talked about earlier that gary cole is also in where they set him up as a killer but he's not uh but they kind of hint at well maybe it's gary cole okay it's not and you know it's not because they're just setting it up too much okay well it's either Greg Kinnear, or maybe it's her dad, because that could yeah. still be a thing. Um, and so, spoiler alert: it's Greg Kinnear, and it's not that interesting. It's not that interesting. I wasn't surprised. Yeah, it's like okay, yeah, we know she was cheating on you. We saw that as soon as we met her. We kind of knew that. Yeah, we put two and two together. And now we get a. F- we- and it's funny. And thinking about it follows, and saying how I really liked how it followed <laughs> rules. Ah. This movie has no rules about Kate Blanchett's abilities. No. Right. Uh, at one point, she gets visions of things. Okay, that's fine. She see when she first meets um, Katie Holmes, she sees her yeah, like covered in like seaweed. She sees the. Future. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, she talks about the dream she had uh, the night before her husband died and how she tried to warn him. Okay, that makes sense. But then, like. Okay, then she keeps getting dreams, and then she goes to where uh, Katie Holmes died, and now she can see everything. Oh, you killed her, and this is the exact conversation you had with her. And, oh, and also, I can summon spirits from the dead, and the ghost of Giovanni Rubisi came and helped me out. Well, I, I don't think that she. I don't think that she summoned him. I think that he just came and helped her. But yeah, there no, were no ghost Giovanni Ribisi, right? Not real Giovanni Ribisi. No, no, Giovanni Ribisi was dead. Right, and I fucking called that from a mile away. I was so proud of myself. I hurt myself patting myself on the back. <laughs> I pulled a fucking muscle. Oh, I was no. so pleased. Be careful with that. I, know. I was I really had physical pleased. therapy tomorrow because of this. Oh, you pulled my. Oh. I'm gonna tell people though. I'm like, yeah, physical therapy because I'm like athletic and stuff. Yeah, that's my plan. Because <laughs> that's my way of not making it be about being old. Well, you know. But yeah, we so do you, what we can. No, you called that he was going to come save her or that... Uh, the second he showed up, I kept saying, well, when she, like, he's he's going to be dead. And then when he she left him <laughs> in the car, I was like, oh, well, when he, when she says, like, Giovanna Rabisa, help me. <laughs> um, they're going to be like, ma'am, Giovanna Rabisa's been dead. Yeah, like... They're going to say, like, he couldn't have helped you. He's been dead for three hours. Like, He's been dead all this time. But I didn't see, I didn't think that. I thought, like, because also when he's in the car with her, he says, like, I'm free. He didn't say, like, I escaped. He said, I'm free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that. I'm like, he's, son of a bitch is dead. 
And so it wasn't really a real Yeah, I'm like, thing. look, I know the South is different, but, like, I don't think he could really break out of an insane asylum. Yeah, he, violently he was totally himself. dead. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, so I, I didn't hate the kind of, like, oh, you know, he saved her, or did he? But it just, it also felt like, okay, but there was nothing, it was so out of nowhere. Like, there was no... Um, rule book for how no, no, things she, worked in this movie. She was just all over the place. Yeah. It's like, okay, now <laughs> I'm hanging out with uh, with Greg Kinnear, who I like and who likes me, and I'm only now sensing that he's actually a violent killer. And then at one point, like, she's she's like, do you have something of hers? Like, so now what? You're like a, you're like a bloodhound? <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, no. That that didn't fit anything. It made up yeah. rules as it went along. Yeah. And I don't know if it was just banking on it being, well, you know, we got we got Oscar winners in our movie and we got Keanu Reeves and Greg Kinnear is still hot off of Remember when Greg Kinnear hosted the soup? No, I don't actually. Yeah, he totally did. That's how he started, I think. He was a host on the soup. Uh you know, like they it, but it it's and it's the kind of thing too, we're talking like earlier about the whole how there's so many great movies on Netflix and everything else. Mm-hmm. This is such a mainstream uh, thriller, but it's not. Yeah. And I feel like it's made for that. Like this was not, this was a movie that was not coming to video. Like this was made for the theaters. And I almost wonder if that's part of the problem. That it was made for the theater. It just, it feels like it's trying to appeal to a very broad audience by yeah. not being too dark. Like, it's dark. Like, dark shit happens. Giovanni Ribisi sets his molesting father on fire. Which, Giovanni Ribisi's stuff was my most and least favorite thing about this movie. It's most because it was the best, but it's least because it really didn't belong in this movie. It's because it's such a bigger issue. Yeah. And it's a weird one to just kind of have as a subplot of this Such really mentally subplot. unstable guy who's coming to terms with the fact that his father abused him. And, like, that's more interesting, more worth of a film than Greg Kinnear's fiance cheated on him, so he hit her with a flashlight, whatever it was. Yep. Like, it's, yeah, it's a really strange hodgepodge. And I wonder... Like, Brandon had even, like, thought maybe this was a script that, like, Billy Bob Thornton had written years ago, always intending to play the Giovanni Ribisi part, because it seems like, mm-hmm. like the part, like, that he would have been really good in. And, like, you almost wonder that to an extent. What's, and that's, now that I'm saying that, one of the many similarities between this and The Other Gift, both are written by actors. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, and I think with The Other Gift, there's... That's certainly relevant to certain parts of it. In this mm-hmm. one, I I don't know. I feel like the script is such a big part of the issue with it. Yeah, but it's strange. absolutely yeah. Because the more I'm talking about it, the less I'm liking it. I yeah. I thought it was okay when I watched it. I thought I still think it's okay, but the more I talk about it, the more I realize that the story has absolutely no flow to it at all. Yeah. It feels very chunky mm-hmm. and messy and, like, deliberate, but in a bad way. Like, I don't know. It just... It's just not a smooth movie. No, not it's really not. 
And it was an odd choice. Now, what was Sam Raimi doing? And I think he, right after this movie, was Spider-Man. Um, but what was he, Ra- he, he was he was he became Spider Man. He got bit by a spider in Georgia while filming this movie. Oh my god! Right, right. You, you're hearing what I'm saying, and it's actually making a lot of sense. Uh, okay, so 19. Let's go back a few years to see where he was at because that's actually very interesting when you think about it. Um, Evil Dead Two, Dark Man, Army of Darkness. 1995, he does The Quick and the Dead, which was kind of a big budget big starred movie that did not do overly well yeah 1998 a simple plan which i think is a masterpiece uh 1999 one of to me one of the worst baseball movies ever made for love of the game which is just a stupid stupid movie that i hate and i hate its children and i hate its friends uh and then he did the gift oh and then came spider-man so it's just a I mean, I appreciate that about Sam Raimi, that he does have a rather varied filmography. Um, And you could see there's things that he really gravitates to. I mean, obviously comic books. You know, that's how Darkman turned into Spider-Man. He's a big, old-school, Three Stooges slapstick fan, hence Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness. Um, A Simple Plan, I think, is so different from most of his work because it's so tight and centered and it's story character and and this feel the gift feels like it was meant to be in that vein yeah but it's just not there it doesn't have the 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 tautness of that movie okay yeah it doesn't have uh, and it almost like in a way a simple plan is a very quote uh a simple plot of a movie it's there's money guys think they're going to take it and be able to make okay with it, and then there's guys after them. And then paranoia, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. This one, you get this higher concept. There's a psychic, and there's a murder investigation, and we're in the bayou. And it's almost like this movie was banking on that being more... being interesting enough to sustain it, but it's just not yeah. executed well. None of no, it. No, not at all. Yeah, other than, I think, a couple of the performances. Yeah, it would have been served it would have served itself better to stay tiny. Yeah. And like, it is a story, like it is a story about a struggling, you know, widow who has the ability to see things or have premonitions Mm -hmm. in her life and what unfolds around her. Like if they didn't try to be so fucking grand and redefine what it is that she, she's able to do over and over again, then it probably would have been a lot better. And you know, because the talent was, was there. Oh God. Yeah. You've got how many Oscars in this movie? Then do you have now? Looking back, because J.K. Simmons jumps on that yeah. list, you know, multiple Oscars, Oscar winners in this movie. Something else. Thinking, I keep going back to the court case, but you didn't need that trial at all. No, not at all. Because we didn't learn anything new. In no, it. you could have had he gets arrested because they found the body in his property. I feel like the only reason that's there is so that it plants the seed that maybe Gary Cole did it. Yeah, maybe. But then take that character out altogether. Yeah, you don't need him there. And it's like this hanging thing of like, oh, well, maybe she should have told the sheriff that she saw this because that is kind of conflicting with it. But Mm -hmm. it could have been they catch the body on his property. He gets arrested. (laughs) Cut to next scene. Sheriff tells her, no, he's going to jail. He pled, you know, oh, no, he's not getting out. That, That jury saw right through him. 
cut to her thinking having a nightmare and realizing it wasn't him yeah bam saved you 20 minutes now you have a 90 minute tight film that you know it's just it's a such weird choices yep yeah very curious if um if anybody else has seen it obviously and what our listeners think also if if anybody has i don't know if the dvd had commentary or anything this was on instant but if anybody's ever listened to like the commentary track or heard sam raimi talk about this i'd be really curious yeah it's true i wonder what he i want to know what he was trying to accomplish with it as i don't get it now do you have more to say i don't think so i mean i wanted to like it i i wanted to like hillary swank's hair <laughs> you, you totally need to rock that do at your wedding, by the way. You start growing out. Start growing it. You can do it. You can do it. You just need to let it grow just big. Don't cut it for a while. And, and then, then you got to do the bowl over the head and let the rest of the hair fall down. Then put it in a garbage disposal and let, let it do well, the that, rest. That will give you more volume. So, yeah, you should try that. <laughs> All right. So, quality of film. Um... I think I'll go, um, I'd probably go 6.5. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I, uh, 6.5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 6. 6, 6.5, 6. 6.25, 6.197, repeating decimal. No, 6 to piss off Jason. Yeah, because I, I mean, the performance has elevated this to where it's a little better than you know an average average film. But it was it was a film. It like had oh yeah a beginning and an end. It wasn't and, Supergirl. Yeah, but like it wasn't. There was a lot of things not great. Right. I don't know. I could be I could be talking six point five, but I'm gonna stick with six right now. Okay. All right, and now quality of enjoyment of life and stuff. Eh, for me, I'm gonna go six point seven five. I don't regret watching it. I'm glad I finally saw it. Yeah. it I, I think I remember it. It was on my queue forever. It was eventually yeah. I was gonna get. And you know what's good though? The more I think about it, I feel like if I'd watched this on my own without any like, it would just be like, oh, I'm just gonna queue this movie up and watch it. I think I would have been the running. I would have felt the running time more. Yeah. Because I think without, you know, watching it the way I did, where I'm kind of taking notes and kind of watching it to think about stuff, um, that is, makes makes it a more interesting experience than just watching it on my commute and being like, my God, Jennifer 8, why are you still on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, okay, that's the gift. It's on Instant Watch. Tell us it what you is. think, folks. Uh, well, uh, how about you ready to come back and talk about the new gift? The gift. The new gift. The gift. 2015. It's got a four and after it on IMDb. No, a six. There are six movies called The Gift, apparently. Or it's actually called The Gift Part Six. I don't know. Yeah, like sorry. Leonard. All right. We'll be right back. Fit as a fiddle, ready for love. I can jump over the moon up above. Fit as a fiddle and ready for love. Haven't to worry, haven't a care. Be like a feather, be floating on air. Fit as a fiddle and ready for love. 
soon the church bells will be ringing and the march with my law. How the church bells will be ringing with a hey nani nani and a ha cha cha. I did a little, my baby's okay. Ask me a little, and what did she say? Fit as a fiddle and ready for love. I just gave you the name of your next short story, did I not? I think you did. The last gift. The last gift. Now, Who knows? This might not be the last gift. That's true. You could do a sequel to this one. You could. I'm not saying how just yet, but you could do a sequel. I mean, you could do a sequel to anything, really. Really? They did a sequel to The Last Exorcism and didn't even call it the, oops, we forgot there was one more after The Last. The second to the last. Yeah. Now, you picked this movie. I did. What made you pick it? I don't remember. Because I had heard it was really, really good. Okay. Um, and it was kind of a joke between Zach and I. We saw it. It seemed to it seemed to um, play at the beginning of every movie we saw ah. for like eighteen years. And <laughs> depending on which trailer, it looked awful, like jokey awful. Okay. And um, and then I started to hear that it was good, and I was like, oh, I think I want to see this. See, for me, I am so happy I did not see. This was like the first time I think I have ever walked into a movie theater and bought a ticket to a movie that I knew almost nothing about. You're welcome. I know. It was really cool to do that. I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, I'm glad. Hopefully it all worked out. I knew Jason Bateman was in it. I knew, as you had said, Joel Edgerton had directed it, and I didn't know who he was. Then I finally looked him up and realized I knew him from uh, Star Wars Episode Mm Three. Uh... And that was pretty much it. I think I didn't even actually see a poster for it because I kind of didn't want to. Yeah. And this is a movie to me that would have could have so easily been completely ruined by a trailer. Yeah. Because what's cool about it is you don't... It doesn't really... You don't know what kind of movie you're watching until it's over, even. Yeah, I, get, I can get that. Yeah. It's, you know, it is a thriller, I suppose. But it doesn't, you know, it could go so many different ways when you're watching it. And I think any kind of knowledge of where it went, or even knowing a little more about the characters, would have meant I would have watched it differently than me just queuing it up on a Sunday morning and Mm -hmm. going to the theater and watching it. Yeah. Uh, Now, you saw it in the theater. I did. Uh, What was your, I'm curious, what was your theater experience like? Were there other people there? A very full theater of mostly people older than myself. Nice. How did they respond to the movie? Because the people in my theater were very specific about how they responded. They loved the jump scares. So like, did my theater. Joking and laughing. Was like, like oh, 20-somethings, oh, and they me. did the same thing. Every time there was a jump scare, they would scream and then do the whole, like, ah, ah. Yeah, like, calm down. I'm missing stuff. Shut your mouth. Yeah. Like they, but it was kind of adorable because they yeah, were so scared. Fine. It didn't. It didn't bother me. Yeah. I'm just complaining. Uh, now, do you want to give a synopsis? How much of this should we talk about before we just say it's all up for grabs and we're talking about the whole thing? And I mean, basic synopsis is like Jason Bateman has a wife who is Rebecca Hall, and they are newly moved into a home, and he meets up with a dude he went to high school with, and that dude. Just pays a lot of attention to the two of them. Yeah. And I mean, stuff happens. And it's sort of single white female-y, but, like, not. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a, 
crazy blank movie, like, this guy's off the rails. But it's not. It's all of those things, but it's not. Yep. Yeah, it it feels, in a lot of ways, I think it does feel like a first-time writer-director. Not in a bad way. It feels that way in that it is kind of, you know, it's obviously taking cues from other movies, but... It's like it knows the kind of movie you're expecting and decides to give you something a little different. Yeah. And so you have, on one hand, really typical characters. You have these, like, yuppie, rich white people who uh, have a beautiful dog, who, you know, there's some, uh, you know, dark secret to the woman where, you know, she had lost her baby and had some issues with pills and depression and stuff. Um but so I mean like they're characters that you've seen like you've seen that story you've seen the you know so she's a little unreliable because you don't know the exact nature of what happened to her and if she's Uh back on that track or not uh, which isn't that uncommon in this kind of movie Um, but it gives you little tricks to it Mm -hmm. that are interesting and now Joel Edgerton also um, plays the third character in the film, if you will, Gordo. Yeah. Yes. And it's un- like, I feel like this is a really smart film for him to have made as his first movie. Because it is a small film. It's a very actor-centric film. This movie is based on its performances. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, and I think that's also what one of the things this has in common with the other gift. With the wrong cast, especially with the wrong female lead, could have been insufferable. Yeah, I can agree with that. Like, I really like Rebecca Hall. I really Hall liked in this. her in it. Yeah, I uh, mean, you're right. If it had been somebody else, I don't want to like name names, but like, <laughs> I don't want to be cruel, Kate Bosworth. But but like, or like even like Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, you know, because I, don't know I why. think what Rebecca Hall brings to the part is she doesn't necessarily feel like. I mean, she's a very attractive woman, but she doesn't feel like she was cast to sell tickets like yeah. Reese Witherspoon might have been. Um, and there's, I believe she is smart. Um, like, I very quickly knew her and understood her. And just kind of like, and I'd read, this movie was pretty well reviewed, but I'd read some reviews back and forth on it. And like one review who didn't like the movie was like, it feels like Jason Bateman and Rebecca Hall never had a conversation in this movie before. And I disagree. Like, I feel like I believe them as a married couple. I did too. Because of their history. That's established really quickly. He, you know, she went through shit. He had to deal with it. Now he's going to treat her a little differently because of that. She knows this, so she's really cautious about what she brings up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like, I... Not like, oh, I liked her. Like, she was a likable character. I just, I... I was invested in her. Yeah, I totally was. Yeah. I don't even know if I can speak objectively about this, because I was, like, 100% on her side from, like, I loved her from the moment the movie started. Like, there was no, this character has to sell me on anything, or, like, like... Yeah, no, and, like I, that, you know that scene really turned me around on it. No, it was always I was one hundred percent behind her. I, I believed, I understood who she was, and believed it right from the beginning. Yeah, um, and the, what's funny, I don't know if you saw, we were all back and forth today on a on a thread on the GGTMC. Was it Dusty who said like it almost feels kind of like a movie you could have written? 
Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a huge compliment. That's a, you know. that's a, a, a massive compliment. And it, yeah. and, but it really does, like, I could totally get that, because it is. It's this... It's a lot of the things that, you know, in your book, Wake Up Maggie, available on Amazon. Folks, go get it. Um, I could see a lot of that in there. Uh, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm like, oh, yeah, there was actually a lot more that we'll get to once I think we start spoiling. spoiling. Yeah. Because it is... We can whenever you want. Okay. Um, so let's finish up talking about what we want to say before we spoil it. Okay. Uh, the house is really nice. The house is cool. dog is really cute. And don't worry oh, about it. Does the dog die? The dog's Okay. Dog's fine. Dog's everybody. fine, everybody. Don't let that worry you. Um, and Bunk from The Wire shows up as a detective, and I think he's just playing Bunk, and I love that, and that made me happy. I feel like now we should just start talking. Yeah, about I it. mean, yeah. okay, because it's really I'm, hard not I'm gonna to say. I'm going to say, like, don't for real. Like, we're not going to say anything else interesting. Don't listen to this if you actually want to see this and want to go in fresh. But that being said, this doesn't rely on a quote-unquote twist. Like, you no. can know how this movie ends and still enjoy the hell yeah. out of it. Well, it's, you know, what's funny. It's the kind of movie, like, I went into it knowing nothing about it, which for me was a really interesting experience. I don't think it made or broke the movie for me. But it gave me a different, like, when I walked into it, movie starts, Jason Bateman, we're spoiling everything, guys, now. Um, Jason Bateman comes out and like, and I'm, I'm with him. Okay. He's, you know, kind of rich husband, climbing the corporate ladder, doing his thing. Yeah. He's, he's, as the movie goes on, I'm like, yeah, he's kind of a jerk. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's not, you know, I'm, I'm on, I agree with her and how to handle the situation. Oh, he shouldn't have said that in front of people. Man, yeah. you know, he's kind of a dick. Yeah. And then he's like, no, he's a fucking asshole. Yeah, that's pretty much my feeling. Yeah, but I really liked, and I and I think it, it's why it's such an interesting casting. At first, as I'm watching it, I kind of couldn't decide. I'm like, you know, I feel, and I've felt this way before about some movies. I'm like, maybe he should have started more likable or like more... Uh, just, yeah, more likable. I was going to say it that way. So that kind of the, you know, little steps were more, it was more of a shock. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, like, the more I think about it, I'm like, no, that was actually played perfectly. Because he's, we see him exactly how everybody sees him. We see him as a successful, good-looking, everything's together, you know, wants a family, um, works hard, climbing the ladder, and then little by little, we start to kind of say, like, but he's kind of, you know, he's kind of dismissive of his wife. And he's yeah. being, you know, he doesn't have to be that mean. Um, and then, you know, you find out, like, no, he was basically a monster in high school, ruined this guy's life, has no no apology whatsoever on it. Um, and, you know, and now as a result, look at how much this is going to fuck up everybody else. Yeah. Um, he's pretty terrible, and I kind of had that same, like, experience. Did, when you went into this, because you had seen trailers, did you know, he, like, what did you know about this movie going into it? That he was Gordo the Weirdo, and that Jason Bateman was kind of being Michael Bluth, and I like Rebecca Hall. That's all <laughs> I knew. But see, what's, what's, what I had said earlier, he's he's Michael Bluth, but then you realize he's Michael Bluth season four. I saw you say right? that. It's like, true. he's not, he's not In- pure Michael Bluth. 
but I had a really, I had a, it really escalated for me because when the movie starts, like, I was laughing at him. He is an asshole and he is shitty, and I love shitty people. Like, they're my favorite <laughs> people. Um, and I, was, I was going to say it. I had such a crush on Jason Bateman growing up from the Hogan yeah, family. Well, I mean, come on now. Who didn't? But, and he's still wicked good looking. Oh, well, he's aged wonderfully, yeah. But, but, so I said at one point, I looked over at Zach and I said, oh my god, are they us? Because, like, Rebecca <laughs> she's really sweet and she's really well-meaning and, like, looking for the best in this dude. And, like, Jason Bateman's being so fucking shitty. But I was really enjoying it. Now, see, the thing was, Rebecca Hall wasn't really enjoying it. And as the movie progresses, and he is, he does say really, like, kind of shitty backhanded things. There's a lot like, he About says. her. Yeah. When she's right there. That really struck me. Like, the first time they were at dinner or something, and, and he was like, she's too nice. Like, like... It's yeah. Right there. You like, start to realize how belittling he is of her. Yeah, like really at his big, like his, you know, his uh, dinner party at work, which you understand. Like he's got a, it's his party in a way. For sure. Yeah. Like he's he's got to kind of present himself in a certain way. There's a level of posturing there. For right. Sure. So he's kind of saying like, oh, my wife's a really talented designer, but you know, she's you know, we're gonna focus on having babies now, and there's like little things he says that you're like, eh, she's uncomfortable, and he's not. He doesn't care. He doesn't see it. Yeah. He doesn't care. He's being very insensitive. And then, you know, once you get to kind of the pills, and like, yeah, she had an addiction. He's on one Which hand. we don't get the whole story. And we never do. And I just, like, fine. it didn't bother me. I'm like, okay, no, like, and I don't know which came first. I don't know if she started, because she also doesn't drink in the movie, and we don't know the entire nature of that. Yeah. But you don't know if, like, oh, was she drinking and she lost the baby, or did she start doing the stuff after she lost the baby? Exactly. I, and I, that's okay. I found myself asking those questions, but in, like, a super good way. Yeah, like, it was more like, I just am an intrigued, you know, I, I could know more about these people. And I would want to. Right. It's not yeah. hurting me that I don't know enough about yeah. them. Yeah. So it was a good, it was good questions. And either way, it didn't really matter, because I knew something happened. Yeah, it's and it's it was, very clear right from the beginning. Um, it also means we get we get a lot of monkey. Like I like even the word monkey is funny to me, and all the monkey stuff in this movie made me chuckle. Yes, like where, in some places where I shouldn't have, but still. Um, but yeah, established very quickly. We understand. Um, we see her like working. We see her doing stuff. Uh, so she's just kind of an interesting person, I guess. And yeah. I, yeah, that I dig, um, and yeah, I would totally have been her in that situation too. Yeah, if this guy just—I don't know this guy, and my husband's not telling me any, anything about him, I would just be like, no, of course we're going to send a thank you note. Like it was really nice of him. Mm-hmm. Well, and she's, she's looking for the best of him because I think she's projecting a lot because she makes a lot of comments about like, well, I was awkward in high school. Yeah. And it even comes back to bite her because stupid fucking asshole Jason Bateman oh. says, like, says the whole, like, speech about, like, you wish the girls who made fun of you. Yeah, it's that but, one line oh, that is so cool. So he's such a dickhead. And, it, and it, it's a great, like, I like the progression of that. And I think it might not have worked for everybody. I think some people may have just hated him from the beginning or maybe felt like it's too abrupt. I don't think it was abrupt. I think... I you know, it was this kind of idea of, um, I mean, I am married, you are getting married, like, and that's the whole, like, this movie does two things that are terrifying, 
of what if the person you married is not who you thought? What if you realize you don't know this person? Yeah. Um, and then the flip side, the other part of that is like, it's just the, the bigger ending that we'll get to of like, that's to me the worst thing in the world is thinking, oh my God, I'm going to have the baby of somebody that might not be my husband. But that's different. Um, the, but that aspect of it, the, like, you know, okay, well, they met as adults, I'm sure. And hey, maybe they even met in college. We don't really know. Yeah. But that he Which kind is of... Which nice keeps, that we don't have Yeah, to he keeps brushing it off of like, well, you know, it was high school. Nobody remembers high school. It's like, yeah, but you were... The person you were in this case clearly meant something because you still are that person. Yeah. And he, I mean, he lies about it. He says like, oh, my nickname was Simple Simon. It probably wasn't because you were class president and the class bully, basically. Yeah. Um, and then we get Roy from The Office. Love it. Right? Yep. That was cool. Very excited about that. I know. I was very, I was like, hey, when he showed up. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's just a little, we learn a little more. Uh, I know some people mentioned, and I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree, the shift in focus, because it's kind of her story for the first hour. It is. And then we kind of start to follow Simon. Did that bother you? Not at all. No? No. Because, I mean... Because it turned into... It's still... I think that the movie moves along at the beginning because of how this character's introduction to their life affects Rebecca Hall. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's why it gets moving and it perpetuates and escalates and continues because of how Jason Bateman responds to it. Okay. I can see that. Um, So it doesn't feel unnatural. It doesn't feel like, now let's go see what the man is doing. Okay. It doesn't doesn't feel that way to me. I get that. Like maybe it would have been satisfying to just follow through with her, but she didn't have that it's not her her um, thing to, to deal with. Yeah. So like like it was it's all it's Jason Bateman's character's fault, basically. Right. right. Um, Except it, it ends up affecting her totally. Or does it? One could say because we don't ultimately we don't know how it ends. We don't know if he ever tells her. And no, I mean, does that matter to you? Do you do you think he does? Do you think he doesn't? tell her yeah um i don't know that's so that's so funny because i didn't i didn't even think about that like that's not the question i had my question was never did he tell her what was Um, your question was your question did he rape her or was it his baby or my question was it wasn't even i guess maybe the discussion was did he rape her like i i don't think he did i don't think so either i mean we'll never know But, yeah, but to to me, the way that character, maybe it's my own personal bias because I preferred that character over Jason Bateman. I mean, if we're going to get down to it. But, like, um, I don't think he would do that. He didn't kill the dog. That's what I kept saying. Yeah, that's a good point. He brought the dog back, and he never had a problem with Rebecca Hall. He he was kind to her, and she was kind to him. Right. The only thing, and it was funny, when, um, when it happens in the movie, I'm like, I was like, ooh, I feel like... To me, when they go to the dinner party at his house and they're the only ones there, yeah. and he runs out and they start talking, I'm like, 
he's got to have a tape recorder. Like I, yep. I did. But like I'm right away. I'm like, no, he's recording thing, yeah. this definitely. He was like, guys, be quiet. He's recording <laughs> <Right>? you. <laughs> and the, but when like Jason Baseman starts kind of being like really much of a dick. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking even, I'm like, okay, so but if, like, and I thought about, because the whole time, like, I think this was in my head, I'm like, if he were listening to this, what would he hear? He would hear her kind of not being a dick and him being a dick, but then you remember, no, he's only hearing it, he's not seeing it. So when Jason Bateman is, like, you know, kind of teasing and being like, ooh, I'm Gordo, blah, 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 and he's, you know, doing a little penis thing at her, and mm-hmm. she says, no, because you're disgusting. Gordon could have heard that as her saying that about Gordon, not about Jason Bateman. Yeah, I, I no, totally. But is it weird to say that even though he's irrational, he didn't seem irrational? <laughs> like, like I don't think that would have been the thing well, that put him the, over the that's top. That's the other thing: is the very last shot of the movie when he takes his cast off. Yeah, and then so I mean that opens up a whole other floodgate of questions of okay, well how much was he planning it? Like yeah. where, where is the level of genius evil planning in him? Exactly. How manipulative. Right. Like he, we know he manipulated, but how, what was the level of it? Yeah. I, yeah, totally. Is, totally is he Kaiser Soze or is he, you know, not as complicated as that, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's a really good question. Um, do you think that it changed the tone or hurt the movie to have that be the way it ended? It it changed it a little bit in two ways, I think. One is that it it kind of added to the mystery of it. Yeah. Um, and the other aspect to that, I think, is that it did make him a little more of a villain. Yeah. And I didn't need him to be. No, you make really good points. It was more interesting if it was kind of him setting in motion things, but that it was really... I mean, because you think about Jason Bateman sabotages himself in this movie. Yeah. He, he destroys his marriage and his career by being himself, basically, by doing all the things that he was normally able to get away with, but being mm-hmm. caught on it. And what's another thing that's actually really interesting about that, as much as he is a dick and a terrible person in this movie, he also does have one moment of redemption towards the end because you know the he we find out he has basically uh planted lies about the other guy up for the promotion with him yeah yeah so he's he's framed this guy did not get the promotion and to get fired and destroyed this guy's career um and the guy shows up at a dinner party at his house and throws a brick through the window and kind of freaks out and says i know i know you did this i know you lied about me You've ruined my life. Jason Bateman's boss is right there. And Jason Bateman could have said, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. This this is your own fault. But he doesn't. He says to the cops, let him go. And in that moment, that's when his, his boss looks at him and is like, you fucking dick. Yeah. It's not that this guy came and said these things. It's that Jason Bateman, in that moment, by saying... Okay, I fucked up this guy's life. Don't don't have the cops come. That is an actual step for this character. That is a selfless act in a lot. Oh, of ways. I thought it was completely selfish. Selfish or selfless? Yeah, he didn't want to hold the guy there for when the cops came, so that he could hurl these accusations and they could start to look into it. 
Oh, huh. That's See, how I read it. Oh, man. See, I just, I don't know. I took it differently because because his, his boss or his former boss is right there. He, I think he knows that when he says that, he's given himself away. Whereas if he didn't and the cops came, this guy was going to look crazy. The guy threw a brick through his window. The guy, you know, his pregnant wife is right there. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think, I think you could read it either way. I kind of, I like my reading just because I think it makes Jason Bateman's character a little more um, interesting. Yeah. And not just plain old villain villain, manipulating everything it's like no he actually took a step there and saw the light but that ended up screwing him over (laughs) but interesting yeah i didn't see it that way i don't know it could have been that way well i mean that's kind of why i like this movie a lot it presents you with a lot of stuff and a lot of it is so open-ended that you really can come into it with your own Mm -hmm. biases because like Hey, maybe you maybe you were a bully in high school, and you like to think you're completely different now. Or right. maybe you were the the girl that got bullied and always wished that someone would apologize to her. You know, like yeah. there's so many. You could be any one of these people, and because of that, you have this leaning. Like, well, I don't, I can't believe that Jason Bateman's such a bad guy, or I refuse to believe that Gordo would ever rape her. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's a really good point. So you bring a lot to it yourself. And it lets you do that. And I think it's, it's some really good storytelling. So because I kind of, you know, saw some redemption in Jason Bateman, do you think, are you trying to imply that I was a bully in high school? No. I wasn't. Okay. Were you? Oh my God. Tell me you were. No. Who I mean, look, if kids weren't pulling their weight in the flute section of Wind Ensemble, that was their own problem and it brought us down. And I made them know it. That's ah! all. I just cackled. No, I was totally, so I was totally not a bully. I was, I... I was, I actually had a fun time in high school. I was not particularly, I mean, I was in band and badminton, like, so I was you in were theater, like, like I wasn't, I wasn't Simon. Um, yeah. But at the same time, like, I was totally would have been the Rebecca Hall of, you know, if, if the weird kid from high school came up to me, which has happened, like, I go home and I'll see people that I'm like, oh, you, you yeah. remember me? I don't know if I want you to remember me. But it's I'm the same way. Like I'm not. I I like to see the best in people. I would say hello to everybody. I would send a thank you note and be very grateful if you send me wine. Please send me wine. I'm fine with that. Um, don't give me fish though. I don't know how to take care of them, and they die, and I'd feel really bad about it. So no fish. <laughs> they die in this too. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying though. But it's like I would have the whole like, oh, I could have like I would kill the fish, and I wouldn't want to. So don't give me fish. Don't give, give me, me fish you can give me monkey toys and you can give me wine. Give her liberty. That's give cool. her um, but yeah, the one of the things I'd read was that um, Jewel Edgerton was very inspired by Cachet. Have you seen Cachet? No. It's Michael Haneke. You've never seen it with uh, no. Juliette Binoche? No. Ooh, okay. One of okay. these days we need to cover that. I um, do like some Haneke, so I mean. It's Haneke. And it's like. Give it to me. It's tricky, Haneke, because it's kind of like, it's not uh, as brutal, Haneke, as much Haneke, but it's very, I mean, as soon as you see it, you'll be like, oh, I could totally see how that inspired this movie. Yeah. Because it has a very similar, you know, crimes of the past and a a very uh, strong sense of mystery and ambiguity and that being really, really effective and horrifying. 
Well, that's fun. Yeah, you would you would really like it. I think I'm surprised you oh, saw it. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but it's a uh, yeah. Uh, All right. And again, it was now. What did you think of Joel Edgerton as Gordo? Where'd you stand on him? Oh, I liked him. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he did a good job. I did. I think I felt bad for him when I was supposed to, okay. and I was I was a little weary of him when I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like it was a vanity project. I don't because it's I don't that that character isn't the star of the movie and he's not stealing and he's, scenes yeah but. and he's not like he's not giving himself these big speeches or this yeah. big moment and if anything I in in truth I don't know if I loved him in the part and I don't know what about like you're you're right I did feel sorry for him I did feel unsettled by him yeah but I almost wanted to feel more of both at different times like oh, okay. I almost. I'm like thinking of like a random person that would have been interesting. This is not at all who you'd put, but let's say um, Jason Alexander. Okay. Like you're online at Bed Bath and Beyond, and Jason Alexander taps you on the shoulders, like, "Hey, me from high school, remember me?" And it's there's something a little more to feel bad. Like a part of it is I think maybe he's a little too good looking for this character. Yeah, I can see that. He's a good looking guy. Uh, I mean, he's not overly attractive in this movie like he's dressed in a certain way um but still i think somebody a little bit more awkward looking whether they were heavier or skinnier a steve buscemi yeah kind of guy like i think that would probably have been a better choice but i liked what he did with it i just think it was one of those like eh, you did the best with what you got but it was your choice to get that so and what was smart about it apparently he because this film it's like it's film there's very few sets we were only in a few places it's not a big broad movie it's a movie about performance um and the first like two weeks of filming he did all of the like husband and wife stuff first like he he didn't Gordon didn't come into the filming for like two weeks. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, which I and I think that makes sense because it for him was probably a great way to kind of gauge what these actors and characters are doing and being to each other. Yeah, and then to know how to come in and kind of play off of that and to get exactly what he wants because he's fully in control as both the director and actor. It's 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 an a really interesting way of doing it. And it makes me, like, totally, like, yeah, I want to see more from this guy. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Now, and I think he just, he handles Rebecca Hall's story and conundrum really well. Because mm-hmm. she could have been a token, uh, hysteric wife, wife who just kind of keeps kind of bowing down to her husband. But the film justifies that really well. Yeah. It's, you know, the only, you know, she's, she is backing down because she has this history. It's established. We know it. It's why she's not that confident in herself. There's some unreliable narrator with her, for sure. But then when she kind of, when stuff gets more intense, she says, she doesn't take shit at a certain point. At a certain point, she's like, you know what? you're a bad man and I don't want you in my life. So, yeah, this is something that, I mean, I kind of actually forgot, but, like, she says, I felt crazy. You let me feel crazy. Yeah. 
and which fucking a yeah for her yeah. and big time spoilers she she has resolved to leave him even though she is giving birth to their she kid. has just given birth and he and comes in to chit chat she's like look maybe not the best time to say it but i want you out of the house what a badass i yeah. fucking love that yeah, me too like she and i think and this is my opinion but i think that was gordo's intention from the beginning is to get was to get her to leave him yeah i would agree yeah yeah, and, and he is trying to ruin Jason yeah. Bateman's life. Or and whether that was the plan from the beginning, whether if Jason Bateman had, because, you know, Roy from The Office is like, I made peace with him. Yeah. And so you get the feeling if Jason Bateman had been like, Gordon, oh my God, Gordon, look, I want to, I want to say I'm really sorry for what happened back then. Yeah. Acknowledge. Yeah. Or, or if he had just been nice to him and just, you yeah. know, kind of put it in the past. But no, Jason Bateman had to be a dick. And that's, you know, maybe, like, that's the question is, did Gordon have a backup plan if Jason Bateman wasn't a dick? I think he did. I think he would have been I think he nice. did, too. Yeah. I think he did, too. And I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think that he hunted them down and was angling to ruin Jason Bateman's right. life. Because I think that that's kind of, not to say that Jason Bateman brought it upon himself, but, like, that his actions dictated Oh, yeah, no, he made choices that led him down this path. And it's one of those, like, does the, uh, is it justified? It's not because of the collateral damage, because Rebecca Hall never asked for any of this. Yeah. And, I mean, to an extent, you could say, well, especially if you want to go with the side of he never, he didn't do anything to her. Then you could say, well, you know what? What did she get out of this? She got to see her husband for who he really was. Yep. Um, which is ultimately a good thing. The, and I mean, if Jason Bateman never tells her, by the way, I think you should watch this video. I don't know how it ends, but there's a possibility that Gordon raped you and that we don't know who this baby is. Mm-hmm. He may decide to never tell her that. Now, the flip side of that to me is like, that is one of the most awful things in the world, I think, is to either, to, Im- to impregnate somebody when they didn't ask to be impregnated, plain and simple. Well, there you go. Um, that, like, and that's the thing, is like, this gets under my skin because it is so cruel to her. That being said, was it nothing, it, he might not have done anything, and he's just fucking with Jason Bateman in a way that Jason Bateman will never be the same, but it's really fucked up. Because like, yeah. it does affect her. One way or another, it does. For sure. And, and I, like I said, I think that, you know, it was... He, Gordon seemed to just want to ensure that their, their li- lives would not continue on together. Right. Whether Rebecca Hall left him or whether Jason Bateman couldn't stand the fact that he, she could have been raped by this other man and he, he left, you know? Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, because there's a certain aspect of you don't deserve her. Yeah. And it doesn't come, like, Jason Bateman keeps saying, um, you know, like, oh, he's in love with you, he's in love with you. I never got that, because he's, I mean, Gordon seems to be in love with both of them at a, to a certain point. Mm-hmm. And he's not lusting over her. He's I not, didn't that really. he's, he's yeah. very polite to her. He's, you know, he, he doesn't, he doesn't act uncomfortable with her in any way. And, and you also, like, they talk about how 
um, you know, Simon had spread these gay rumors about him. We really don't know what his sexuality is, if he yeah. has any. He may be gay. He may not be. It's That never seems to really be an actual, like, fact of the movie as far yeah. as is Gordon lusting after one or the two of them. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, so it's another question there, but it, man, it's like, it, it's funny because when I left the theater, I was like, I was disturbed. I'm like, man, that's a disturbing ending because yeah. it's so unfair to her, yep. to somebody who didn't ask for this, who was a good person who's been through a lot who's made the right decisions who may have been violated in a way that is so fundamentally fucked up mm-hmm. uh, and there's another movie that I've talked about before that I've recommended to you that I don't want to talk I don't want to mention because it's because um, it would give away like a big part of the ending Will Smith if you're out there listening you know what movie I'm talking about because you've talked about it too but it's like a similar thing where it ends and you're just like holy fuck fuck you you you're a terrible human being who impregnated a woman and she has no idea and won't know until it's too late basically it's horrifying to me i just think that is such a nightmare thing uh but then there you know you look at the other side you're like but it might not be a thing and she might never ever know and you know it's it, it just makes you wonder how much of a monster gordon is i guess yeah and it's a real, it makes for a really interesting uh, thing to think back on. Like, between the two films, like, I liked the gift, the first gift, the 2000 gift, when I watched it well enough. Um, but then in talking about it, I'm like, man, so we had so many problems. With this one, I really liked it when I saw it, but the more in talking about it, the more I'm liking it much yeah. more. I'm just finding that there's a lot more to it that I think is really impressive of a movie. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. I like the house too. Me too. Yeah, I can't decide I thought if I it was, like the windows or not. I thought I was just gonna say I thought it was funny that he brought them glass cleaner because there were so many well, windows. I mean, there were a lot of windows. It was really it was funny. Yeah, he made them a list of like, dude. If I ever moved to a neighborhood and somebody's like, oh, here's a list of handyman and all this, I'd be like, oh my god, come over, have wine. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I mean, everybody should have a Gordo in their life, but only if they're going to be really nice to him and apologize for being mean to him in high school. Yeah, right? watch out. Yeah, exactly. Okay, do you have uh, any more to say about this movie? I don't think I do. Okay, um, I'm really excited for you to eventually watch Cachet now. Oh, well, yeah, it sounds, if you're saying I'd like it. Yeah, oh, we should, we haven't done any Haneke yet, have we? I don't think so. Could is it? Could we do two Hanneke's in a like in one episode, or is that are we just asking think, to kill ourselves? No, I think I would do that. Okay, uh, we won't do it next week. I, I have an idea for the next episode. I'm gonna tell you on air. Um, but that's good. Like a few episodes from now, we're totally doing cachet and something else that's Hanneke-ish. Okay. Uh, all right. So grades for the film. Oof. Quality, I know it's hard. I don't know why I act like you fucking spring this on me every time. <laughs> I went first last time. I'm just saying. I'll go. I can go. Um, quality of film? Uh-huh. 8.75. Oh, wow. You're going high, girl. I really, really liked it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go 7.75. 
I liked it a lot. That's still really high. Yeah, it's is it is a a strong film, a very strong film. Not a perfect film for me, but a very strong film. Enjoyment of film nine. You go, girl. You go. Um, yeah, I would go 8.25, I think. I yeah. enjoyed watching this. Even though it was like, I was back and forth at times watching it. Because I, I didn't know what kind of movie I was watching. Because I didn't go into it knowing anything. But that ultimately helped me, I think. Yeah. So, I thought that was pretty cool. Cool. That is good. Yeah. So, that's the gift. Yeah. Uh, it's out in the theaters. It is not on demand. Like, I thought it would be on demand. So, I was like, oh, oh maybe I can stay home and watch it. And, you know eat nachos but it was not uh what's funny though is if on my roku i typed in the gift and it showed up as a gift 2015 free prime i'm like no it's not and then i go on my computer and try to watch it and it was like a slovenian film from like 1991 called the gift but they were redirecting people to it very odd that's funny maybe this is a remake and nobody knew it nobody knows Okay, so that's the gift. We recommend it quite well. Yes. Uh, Netflix recommends. Oh, you want to go first? (laughs) Sure, I'll go first. Um, Okay, so in talking about all of these, how, you know, there's so many good horror movies, or, oh, no, there's no good horror movies, so It Follows is, like, the best thing ever, because horror movies are shit now. Fuck you. There's a lot of good horror movies out there. So one that is on Netflix Instant that I would like to put a pitch in for. I've mentioned it before, but it's never been my Instant Watch pick. It is a movie with a generic title that's not very good. Uh, Terrible poster art. Ignore that. And just give it a try. It is called Dead Within. Okay, you have mentioned this I've mentioned it. Yeah, in passing. Uh, This is a very small, made-over-a-few-weekends horror movie about a couple who are in a cabin. And they're having, like, a dinner party with other friends. And then cut to shit's gone down. Maybe a zombie outbreak. Something of the sort. We're left with our couple. And they have been surviving alone in this cabin. Many things have gone down since then. There was a dog at one point. What happened to the dog? Uh, There was other people there. What happened to them? Um, It's a really strong, well-acted... Film, I believe, like the writers, the actors. It's essentially a two character, two actor, two character film, and they're credited as, as screenwriters because I think a lot of it was improv and conversational. Yeah. So it sounds like it's all these recipes for disaster, uh, but it's really good, and I haven't heard anybody else talk about it, or anybody else watch it, and I would really like to get it out there because I think it deserves a chance, and I'm curious to see what else this filmmaker can do. So give it a go. Ignore the bad poster and stupid title. Okay, I'll try. Okay, tell me if you do. Okay. Now, what are you recommending? It's not really a recommend so much as, like, I want to know what other people think of it. Mm, okay, gotcha. Um, we watched Wormwood. Oh, okay. Road of the Wormwood Dead. Why, right? Is that what it's called? I Wormwood? think. I know. This seems to be divisive. The Samurai hated this one. Ah, yeah, Wormwood Road of the Dead. It's on instant as it should be because that's what we're talking about. (laughs) Um, I really didn't like it. Okay. Yeah, it seemed to get like a lot of pop, and then a couple of people have come out of the woodwork, the the Wormwood work, and said things like, "Overrated, not good." I liked it. I disliked it so much that I don't understand how people like it. Oh, no, so I just really want somebody to yeah. explain to me why they like it. Okay, that's fair. 
Uh, I have an idea for our next episode. You want to hear it? <gasps> what is it? Okay, so there is a film that's been on Amazon Prime for months, and as soon as I saw it was on Amazon Prime, I was really excited. I'm like, oh my god, I love this director, and this setup sounds fantastic. I really want to watch it. But it's the kind of movie and director that I'm like, I need to sit down and turn the lights out and really give it my time. And mm-hmm. I haven't had that, and I haven't made an excuse to have that yet. But I'm like, hey, if we cover it for the show, then I totally have to have that excuse. Mm-hmm. And it's a director you might have heard of. Did you know Ben Wheatley made a movie set in, like, 15th century England? What is it called? A Field in England. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. You haven't watched it yet either, right? No. Yeah. But it's been on Instant. It is my jam because it's Ben Wheatley and it's um, Medieval Times. Both of those things I really like. Uh-huh. So I thought we should cover that because we can I think we should list. too. Okay, yeah, good. No, I've wanted to see it. it people, yeah, people have been telling me it's available yeah. forever and I still haven't watched it. So now, pairing with that, I have an idea. I hope you won't be mad at me. Never. I'm just thinking, like, okay, so we've got a field in England. We've got a medieval time set movie. Oh, Netflix Instant Watch has a medieval time set movie in England that came out in 2004. Oh, uh, no. And stars one of our actresses that you and I both really like. Okay. And an actor that I really like. Uh, oh, no. 2004 is King Arthur. What is what is this King Arthur? Keira Knightley, Clive Owen. I like Keira Knightley. I know you just said that. I, I do like Clive. Oh, this movie where they made her look like she had bigger boobs on yes, the poster. Yes, yes, remember that was a big thing, and she was like in an interview. She's like, yeah, oh. I don't have big boobs. And Joel Edgerton is in it. No, he's not. Oh my god, oh, shut your mouth. Mads Mikkelsen and Hugh Dancy Holy are in this shit. movie together. No, Let's they're not. Let's fucking do it. Let's do oh it, Alex. Oh, my God. I, this, I didn't know how exciting this was. I just always Dude, wanted to watch this movie. Look at this. Stellan Skarsgård, Till Schweiger. <gasps> I'm not kidding. This is the best cast I've ever seen in my life. This is I unfair. Could, I feel like there's no way the movie's going to be that good now. I could that. cry. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yay. I'm so glad I made your day. Who? Oh, and it's directed by the guy that did, like, it's Training Day, Ant- right? Antoine Fuqua. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know any of this. I remember when it came out very distinctly for the weirdest reason, because I was I worked for a day doing like surveys where I had to go to a Suncoast video store in a Jersey mall and show the trailer to people and write down their responses. Yeah, yeah. So I've like always had this movie on my radar, but I've never sat down and watched it. So now we're gonna do it. Woo! All right, that's I'm gonna excited. be our next show, right? It is kind of exciting. Okay, so um, people, if you have things to say about gifts, fucking uh, say it. Fucking say it. Where do they say it? Fucking um, probably on Facebook. So most likely, you can also it. say it on Twitter. We're at Feminine Critique. No, we're not. I'm lying. We're at Feminine Podcast, uh, and we are also on Facebook at the Feminine Critique. Yeah, that's us. Join us. Join us. And all that stuff. Mm. All right. On uh, that note, um, people, uh, stay away from Keanu Reeves. Unless mm. you're Christine and find him sexy. While he's- also, he, also, he was in John Wick, too. Which I haven't seen because in the puppy. Isn't it like a puppy <gasps> dies? Emily! Christine, I don't want to watch a movie where a puppy dies. You'll cry so hard it'll make you want to puke. Oh, see, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But it's a good movie. I'm a, a grown-up, Christine. I don't have to watch movies that are going to make me cry. That's true. I take that stance, too, so I respect you. Okay, thank you. 
Is there like an edited version, like Cannibal Holocaust, where there's just instead of a really cute puppy, it's like a really ugly baby or something? They should do something like that, or at least give you. You might be able to look it up online. Oh, say where you should no, cut they should and do. come back. They should recast the puppy because it's like a beagle or something, right? Like a really cute thing. It's fucking adorable. Recast it with. I'm sorry if I'm going to offend anybody, but a Chinese crested hairless dog. I'm offended. They're really ugly. I'm not. Like, I guess I'd still feel bad if somebody killed one, but like, I'm just saying, don't use an adorable beak. Like, well, they're. You understand what I'm saying? But I don't know if you know this. They're doing that on purpose. Yeah, I'm. You know what? No, not no. Don't have to do it. No. Okay, then don't. You don't ever have to watch. John I, I had to read where the red fern grows twice. It's pretty tough. Uh, one of them was the same year. I had to read and watch Old Yeller. I don't know why my they fifth grade teacher it. was such a sadist, um, but she really wanted us to experience dogs dying, and I'm not going to do it anymore. I don't have to. That's that. You don't have to. All right. So please don't kill dogs. Um, adopt. Don't chop. It's National Dog Day, apparently. So it is. Happy dog days of summer to you and yours. Uh, and uh, we will bid our adieu and good night. Good night. Uh, my hat is like a shark. Yeah. Deep is blue as my hat is like a shark. Uh, Deep is blue as my hat is like a shark. Uh, Deep is blue as my hat is like a shark. Deep is blue as my hat is like a shark. Deep is blue as my hat is like a shark. Deep is blue as my hat is like a shark. Man made terror, hundred jaws of death.
lose your shame. Just stayed on dry land. Stroke while you can, cause now you under pressure in the land of the damn. Abandoned pirate ships, eels and socks, huh? Fish that glow in the dark, the Titanic's all. Underwater storms, your blood is so warm, your life vest is off, and that turns me on. Killer for centuries, the gaudy of the deep. In the next millennium, I'm still gonna free. Saying under my belly, ocean over my head, through the light and the shadows. You will come to live the dead. Demons blue as my hat is like a shark's fin. Demons blue as my hat is like a shark's